Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Believe Lost Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Ben Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. If you head on over to their website today, which is betonline.ag, and use our promo code, which is believe50, B L E A V 50, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for uh, presenting this uh, week's episode of the podcast and stopping by the Canasada for a few minutes uh, to uh, to chop it up about some uh, some trade deadline speculation. Uh, friend of the Canasada, MLB.com contributor and uh, and beat writer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Juan Toribio. Juan, como estas? Muy bien a verte. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks for having me again. It's been it's been a little while. It's been a little too long, but uh, but you know what? What better time to catch up with you than uh, during a trade uh, trade season, as we refer to it as? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's probably gonna be a busy week. Kind of crazy. It's five days away, I think. Right? Five. Days. Yeah, it's crazy already that it's already the first of August. <laughs> well, not quite there yet, but close. <laughs> close, close. Uh, well, let's just get into it. There's a uh, there's some guys, some rando that plays outfield for the the Washington Nationals that uh that ever everyone wants uh, Juan Soto. Um, I am on the record of saying I don't think the Dodgers need him. Obviously, Andrew Friedman uh, has debunked my opinion because of who am I? But uh, but I'm just curious. There's a lot of chatter around him. Is the chatter true that you've heard it since you have your ear to the ground? What can you tell us about the Juan Soto sweepstakes? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. The Dodgers don't need Juan Soto. I mean, if you look at their lineup, that that's pretty good evidence that they don't need him. Um, but anytime you have a guy who becomes available of that of you know, kind of that caliber, you kind of just have to go after him, like you, whether you need him or not. And he, guys like him, don't become often, don't become available very often. Especially a guy, twenty three years old, probably not even in the prime of his career, um, kind of in the trajectory of becoming a Hall of Famer one day. When you know, we'll kind of see how that how that pans out. But and he has two and a half years of control, so you have three postseasons of him. Um, so yeah, you're right. They don't need him. But if you just go and play, you know, couch manager or couch GM or whatever, you just add him into this Dodgers lineup. It's kind of like, why not? If we can, if we can get him, uh, you have to go after him regardless of, you know, if, with a need or not. They have other needs, but when a guy like him, like I said, when a guy like him becomes available, you kind of just have to just kick kick the tires. And and the Dodgers are, and they and they will until he gets traded or until he doesn't get traded. Um, I think maybe in an ideal world, if they can try and get him in the offseason, um, price kind of lowers a little bit. But then you also run into the risk of, you know, the San Diego Padres go after him and trade for him now. And then you're you're kind of screwed. You lose him for the next three years at least. Uh, or maybe forever, right? Because you never know what your books are going to look like in, two, in three years. You don't know if the Padres or what, whoever trades for him resigns him. So you run into some of those risks. So when he becomes available, you just kind of have to go after him. The uh, the asking prices that have been reported they're they're pretty high. 
as far as you know, are those asking prices in fact true, or uh, or some of that being embellished, or is there planting there by uh, by other parties? As you know, that kind of happens from time to time too. Right. No, I mean, it's definitely true. I mean, everything I've heard, uh, they're asking for a lot. I mean, I've, I've had a couple of people tell me, you know, try, basically take out four of the five or six top prospects, and then maybe they, they'll want one more one more major league ready guy. So, I mean, it's 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 definitely a lot, um, but that's what you would expect, right? I mean, Mookie Betts wasn't cheap, and, and they, they kind of attached David Price to him. Um, I guess Trey Turner was a little bit cheaper because he came with Max Scherzer. But like I would, like I said, if you get three postseasons of Juan Soto, the price is going to be expensive, and the Nationals don't have to trade him. Right. Uh, at some point, they will trade him if they can't, you know, if they can't resign him. But then, right now, if they don't get the prices they, they want, they can always wait for the off season or wait to next deadline, and then people are still going to go crazy over him, and and you know, someone someone will pay up. Um, as far as prospects go, I mean, if I was GM, I'm not. <laughs> I'm trading all of them. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, I think we just saw, I mean, we saw Josiah Gray and Cabo Ruiz here uh, this, you know, I guess, yesterday. Um, you know, both solid players. Josiah Gray's having a pretty good year. Cabo's kind of so up and down. He's going to be, he's going to be a pretty good player. I think everyone kind of agrees on that. But then you see on the other side and you see Trey Turner and you're like, oh, okay it's it's worth it because the guy is hitting 320 and you know he's like one of your best players he's a perennial all-star now and then max scherzer gave you you know probably the best second half maybe in franchise history right like i mean he was he was completely dominant so when you look at it donovan casey i think i looked it up is hitting like i think he has like a 600 ops in triple a this year so you know i you don't know what you're getting when when you talk about prospects I think that's just kind of my philosophy. Everyone has a different philosophy. Like AJ Predator doesn't care about prospects too much because he just keeps trading them all away. And then Andrew Freeman kind of has a different perspective on on those things. So it just depends on the team. Um, but it's just kind of interesting. I mean, you, you just never know what you're going to get from these guys until they are actually in the big leagues. Um, Mackenzie Gore, you know, I, I think you saw Max Meyer from the Marlins. He needs Tommy John, um, and that's a that's a very realistic possibility when it comes to a lot of these pitchers. So if it was up to me, I would just if you want five five prospects <laughs> for Juan Soto, having him in this lineup for three years, I think I'd probably do that. Well, and I mean, let's be realistic too. If there if there is a farm that can afford it, it's the Dodgers, right? You know, because I mean, even their top ten, their bottom half top ten is the top end of anybody else's farm. So if you know if we're, if we're calling a spade a spade. If there's a team that can splurge on that, you know, and, and I've said it too. I, I've said it to these guys in our group text, and and Babyface, who's not on right now, uh, thinks I'm crazy. I still think they're going to trade the homie Diego Cartaya. There's 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 reasons why the Dodgers are doing certain things, right? And and for me, if 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 the Nationals call and they say we want Cartaya, we want Miguel Vargas, maybe you know Bobby Miller or Ryan Pepio, and uh, and and I mean I don't know who the other major leaguer they might ask for. But I mean, I know they want a low service time guy. Uh, for Juan Soto, you, you know, it's hard, right? It's hard to say no to that because, you, like you said, you get three post seasons of Juan Soto no matter what. Even if you don't extend him, you get three seasons of Juan Soto. So, so for me, you know, like you said, I, it makes a lot of logical sense. But to the little brother to the south, the, the San Diego Padres, I actually wanted to ask you about them. Uh, like you said, AJ Preller does not subscribe to the idea of uh, of asset hoarding like uh, like Andrew Friedman. 
Uh, it, it's reported that they may consider moving on from Blake Snell uh, for, for luxury tax purposes, uh, which I find interesting because if, you know, in, in order to avoid some of that stuff, obviously you look at future salaries, all that jazz, but they're dealing with some injuries too, right? Joe Musgrove is up. Uh, Sean Mania is going to be up, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're out. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike Clevenger, wrong guy. My, my apologies mm-hmm. to Mike Clevenger. Um, you know, they, they could all potentially enter free agency. So they're in an interesting spot. And I know AJ Prellers you know, might be feeling a little bit of the heat. Um, so it's interesting to hear now that they've asked about Shohei Otani. Obviously, they're going to be in on Juan Soto. Uh, is there any of that that should be concerning, you know, to the big brother up north, the Los Angeles Dodgers? I don't know if, if concerning is probably the word. I mean, if, you, if the Padres get Juan Soto and they get Fernando Tatis Jr. back uh, at some point in August, I mean, that, that makes them a pretty good team. I mean, right now they just can't hit. Uh, you add those two guys in there with that rotation and kind of the bull, some bullpen pieces are coming back. I mean, they become a really good team. They're also 11 and a half games out of first place right now. So, you know, I think the division, uh, I said it like two weeks ago, I think the division is pretty much wrapped up. Um, I, don't, I, I just don't see the Dodgers playing 500 ball and then the Padres playing, you know, eight, eight, you know 800 ball for the rest of the way. So um, it, concerning in a postseason, yeah, of course. I mean, it, it, like I said, any team that gets Juan Soto uh, is going to be that much better. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. You can't walk him if you put him in a, like in a real major league lineup. Um, so that becomes that becomes you know, another hurdle that the Dodgers have to get, kind of get through. I think the Mets are really good. I think the Braves are really good. So if you add a fourth team in the National League, that's really good. Uh, that makes the path that much more difficult. And if you finish with the number one overall seed, you're probably looking at a DS against the Braves, Mets, or Padres, right? That that, that kind of be the four or five matchup. Um, so yeah, if, if the Padres get Juan Soto, yeah, sure, it's a little bit concerning because you don't get Juan Soto if you're the Dodgers. Uh, does it make the, the Padres better than the Dodgers? That I'm not, I'm not so sure. Um, but it definitely closes the gap a lot. I mean, because you have three, three guys in the, in the top of the order, assuming Tatis comes back healthy. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, and then that, that rotation is, is a real deal with the Ruan McKenzie Gore. Um, they have five guys there that are, are pretty good. So it closes the gap, but I don't think the Dodgers are necessarily concerned uh, if Juan Soto goes there. I think they just want them on their own. I wanted to ask that before we went to the Prince of Darkness, Juan, because I figured Juan would uh, would bring a little bit of gloom and doom with the Padres there. So go ahead, Juan. Uh, look, to, to me, here, here's one of the things that I want to ask you, Tocayo, because I, I don't think this is a reason that has been talked enough about why you go get Soto. Right, you go get Soto because he's a great player. Underperformance. Like I sit there and I think, if the Dodgers hadn't have gotten Freddie Freeman this year, with what you're getting out of Bellinger and what you're getting out of Muncie, the Dodgers lineup might have been in trouble this year. So is going after Soto an insurance? Because look, we're we're almost in August and Muncie is still struggling. And Bellinger is what Bellinger is. I don't think, and yeah, maybe in the postseason these guys get hot. But can you really expect that? I mean, is that a, a, a viable reason to go get Soto? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think you can just expect that Max Muncy is going to kind of flip a switch and and turn into last year's Max Muncy, right? I mean, I think the elbow thing is a real it's a real concern for everybody. I mean, I think he's hitting seventh seventh today. Um, when Chris Taylor comes back, is he going to be a platoon guy? Um, these are all real possibilities when it comes to Max Muncy. 
I mean, Cody Bellinger is hitting 205. You know, he's running into some home, some home runs, just positive. Uh, but like you said, he might. This might just be the version of Cody Bellinger that the Dodgers are going to get for the next year, two years, however however long he's under contract. So yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely insurance. Um, he becomes insurance for Trey Turner, right? Like if Trey Turner leaves this offseason, uh, which is very possible, then you have another guy who you you, you could pay, you know, some big cash in, in Juan Soto. Or you just trade for Juan Soto and you re-sign Trey Turner, and then you have Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman for the next two, you know, three years, two years, or whatever it is. I mean, that, I think three postseasons, those four at the top of your order with Will Smith hitting fifth, I think you put yourself in a pretty good shot, in a you know, pretty good uh, position to win at least one World Series, which is all – I feel like people kind of take for granted how hard it is to win a World Series. I mean, if you trade seven prospects and one of them turns out to be, a, you know, a seven-time All-Star, but you win one or two World Series, like, I mean, I think anybody would sign up for that, right? Like, I, 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 I just don't know – what the downside is, it's not a guarantee. So if you don't win a World Series, then you know that kind of hurts. But you put yourself in the best situation possible to try and win a World Series. So, um, yeah, to your point, there's definitely some insurance by getting a guy like Juan Soto. It, it's kind of no. Like, you kind of need one or two guys to get hot in the postseason. But you also just need your stars to show up. Um, and if you have four stars in one lineup, you have a better chance to win a World Series than even if you have three. I mean, last year we saw Trey Turner didn't hit in the postseason. You know, Corey Seager didn't have his 2020 run. Um, you basically relied on Chris Taylor for two games and Cody Bellinger to come through. You know, if Cody Bellinger doesn't hit in the postseason, they probably get swept against that, to the, against the Braves. Uh, so, you know, this always ensures you can never have too many good players. I, that's I feel like that, that's why it's not a need to get Juan Soto. I mean, you can make an argument. You can get a J.D. Martinez or whatever may be kind of right-handed bat that you need. Um, but if you want to get, a, if you want to make a splash and make a significant difference in the postseason, you go after a superstar player, and that's, I mean, that's exactly what Juan Soto is. And, and so, and I agree with Alonzo in the sense of I, I'm not opposed to to trading uh, prospects, right? I mean, you you have to do it. In my sense, do the Dodgers need to go ahead and spend those prospects on Soto? Could they use those prospects to get other needs? I, I, I think is the question right now that they're really struggling with. So that being said, if they don't go after Soto because they don't need Soto, what is it that the Dodgers need? I think that's like the million dollar question. I mean, if you look at the roster, they don't really need much, right? Like it's a, it's a very well-built roster. Um, they're hoping their hope is that they have Dustin May back here in the next three weeks. Uh, that Chris Taylor should be kind of coming back. Gradwell, I think, is throwing a bullpen today, so that's positive. Um, Blake Trinan, you know, I, I think they're hoping he comes back and, you know, kind of we'll wait to see what happens with him. I mean, it's a pretty significant injury that he's trying to bounce back from. Uh, they're hoping for late August. They're not going to push him, obviously, because there's no need. I mean, like I said, the division is probably already wrapped up. So they're going to take their time with him. Uh, they're hoping Walker Buehler comes back. You know, if he can get, even if he can give you three innings, four innings, you know, kind of one of those like de facto opener roles in, in, in the last month or into the postseason, they'll definitely take that. So if all their pitching pieces come back, I, I think they feel very good about where they are in terms of the pitching staff. Um, now you run the risk that they don't come back. Uh, and all four of them, you know, the Buehler, May, I mean, May is probably the one that's like kind of, on the way past uh, all the rehab stuff. Now he's just kind of building up strength. But, you know, Trinan, 
Kane Lee, Bueller, I mean, there's a realistic chance that they don't come back, you know, coming back. I mean, not because they're severely hurt, but when you're coming back from, from an injury, you don't really know how you're going to bounce back, how you're going to recover. If you have a setback, you know, the, the schedule starts working against you a little bit. So if they get all those pieces back, um, maybe a right-handed bat off the bench, um, but that's not a significant move to kind of like, that's just more, just add more depth and more insurance. Uh, so I think that's why they're kind of debating going for a guy like Juan Soto. If I mean, if, if you can't, if you if you're not trying to improve on the margins, you might as well just go all out and try and improve significantly. I mean, I don't know if a right-handed bat off the bench makes them that much better. I mean, I, I think you know Hanser's kind of starting to break out of it a little bit. Justin Turner is, is hitting the ball much better. Uh, you still have Chris Taylor. So you know Miguel Vargas. If you don't trade him. He's still going to be around, and he can kind of, you know, he can produce something in September. Um, so it's just it's it's tough, man. I mean, this is a really good roster. It's a really good team. So now you just have to decide whether you want to trade for a reliever, uh, and that's kind of your big move, and just wait and hope that all of these guys come back, or do you want to make a splash and make your team, you know, that much better? So I hit I get this question a lot. And the concern is, and I think it's because we're all traumatized from this. We've seen it. The Dodgers are great in the regular season. And then the postseason is a completely different animal because this team is built for the regular season. And then when it comes to a sprint, you sit there and you go, you look at the pitching staff the Braves have in a short series, the pitching staff that the Mets have in a short series. And then you look at the Dodgers pitching staff. I still think there's question marks on Gonsolin. There's always question marks on Kershaw because of his health. And then I, I agree with you. I don't think you can depend on Bueller coming back. And so what you got is Julio, it really. So because of that, do you use these assets to try? Is there an elite starter out there that you could get right now that would make a difference in the postseason? Because if you look at it right now, Juan, all these prospects are all blocked. Like, how are, how are they going to get up? We had Michael Bush on the show, and I, I told the poor guy, I was like, every time the Dodgers sign on it, somebody, you must just be cursing at the sky, just going, I'm never going to get a chance to come up. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's, I think that's the biggest problem, probably, right? Like, the, Max Scherzer's not there. You can't go and trade for Max Scherzer this year. Like, that, that caliber of pitcher is not available this year. And now, kind of with the expanded playoffs, there's some teams that are like, oh, I, don't, I don't know, like, I, mean, I think the Marlins are, you know, Pablo Lopez is kind of being brought up and they're four games out of the wild card spot. So it's like they might just decide, ah, eh, we don't really have to trade him. I mean, he's under team control to 2024. Uh, and is Pablo Lopez going to make you, you know, is he going to be your game one starter in a postseason? Probably not. I mean, he's a really good pitcher, but, you know, he's not an ace caliber guy. Uh, you know, Luis Castillo is probably the, the, the kind of the, the biggest one of those pieces um, and Cincinnati might just not might decide just to not trade him. I mean, he's still under team control for a little bit. Um, and even him, I mean, he's never necessarily pitched in in those spots, so you don't know exactly what type of postseason pitcher he is. Um, I, I know a lot of teams were impressed with what he did at Yankee Stadium, probably I think a week or two ago. Um, and if I had to predict, and this is not any insider info, I think that's where he ends up. I think probably one of the New York teams probably, you know, pays up that, that price for him. Uh, I don't think the Dodgers will, but you know, even then, I don't know if you want to if you feel that comfortable trading having Luis Castillo against Max Scherzer or Jacob Degrom in a game one. Uh, so there's not many options out there, and I think that's kind of the biggest issue. 
So the Dodgers are trying to, I think their their hope is, and kind of their thinking behind it is, if you, we just have a bunch of really good pitchers, we can kind of piece things together. Uh, you know, you get Dustin May back and you get Walker Buehler back, uh, trying in. I mean, these are all, I mean, these three guys are like top of the top of the line guys. Um, but to your point, if someone gets hurt, you know, Gonsonis, we're starting to see him crack a little bit here. We'll, you know, we'll see kind of course field. That's, that's kind of a crap shoot. So we'll, we'll excuse him for that. But, you know, any, having that innings cap and kind of that, that innings surpassing your innings limit from, from your whole career. I mean, that's, that's a real thing. I mean, I, we saw it a little bit with Julio at the second half of the, of the year last year. So um, that's real. You know, Clayton obviously has this injury history. Um, they're gonna ma- they're gonna manage him pretty well here in the next couple of couple of months. So it's just, it's interesting, man. I mean, it's there's like I said, there's no Max Scherzer out there, and that's kind of the problem that the Dodgers are running into. So before I hand it over to Alonso, I just want to ask you this: I am I wrong in the sense that I keep telling people that when the Dodgers trade these prospects, they're uh, it's a different value. I, I feel like their their farm system is is so good that when they trade prospects, they're paying a higher price than other teams. So when we hear teams get, like, let's say if they get Luis Castillo and we see what they got in return, we're going to be like, that's what they got for Luis Castillo. But meanwhile, for the Dodgers, they wanted this. Yeah, I think the one thing with prospects is, I mean, I covered Tampa Bay for four years and kind of build on prospects. Uh, I think just being familiar with prospects kind of make you make a lot of people think that they're better than what they probably are or, or how much other teams value those type of prospects. Um, not to say that the Dodgers don't have a good farm system. They, they do. I mean, you look up and down, it's, it's a really good system. Uh, but I think people just kind of, you know, prospects are kind of like your baby, right? Like you see them, you see them get drafted or signed internationally. And then you see them go from high A to double A to triple A. And you're like, oh, my, this is the next best thing. Um, I mean, last year we saw with, with Gray and, and Ruiz. I mean, people were like, no, don't trade them for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. And I was like, why not? Right? Yeah. Like, you're getting two, two all-star pitch. You get a, a future Hall of Famer and a guy who's one of the best shortstop in the game. Um, but that's, so I think th- there's, oh, there's also the sentim- sentim- sentimental kind of value that prospects have that maybe even some big league players don't have, which is kind of bizarre to think. Uh, it's kind of like the backup quarterback syndrome. Like everyone thinks the backup quarterback is always better than the starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 an interesting dynamic. Uh, some guys pan out, some guys don't. That's just kind of the reality of having all these prospects. And I um, mean, yeah, I think Gavin Stone is a guy this year. Like last year, no one had really heard of him, and then this year, he's like the you know he's probably the best pitcher in the organization this year. So um, that speaks to the Dodgers and how they, de- they develop players. Uh, which makes them more likely to ship away, you know, Bobby Miller if, if that becomes available, because uh, they feel like they can kind of they can generate another Bobby Miller per se. There you go, Alonzo. He's convinced. We just go all out for Soto. What's the point? Well, Let's I mean, do it. I mean, I mean, the thing is, is I've been trying to tell him, right? We have to, man. He's so yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, you know, I again, I subscribe to the idea that I don't think the Dodgers need that that guy, right? But at the same time, how? I mean, I read. I don't remember who wrote the article. Uh, a couple days ago, like if the Dodgers don't go out and get Juan Soto, you know, it's kind of like missing out on Mike Trout. The thing about it, Mike Trout. It was is, Dylan. It was probably Dylan. And Dylan's probably getting like pelted Dylan. right now, right? Right? Yeah, right, he's, what? Get, he's getting shit on, on Twitter yeah. right now. <laughs> he sounds <Yeah>. like Dylan. <laughs> when you see Dylan in the press box, do you just go on the opposite side because you just don't want to get the heat that he's going to get? 
the bad yeah, juju. He, yeah, he brings in he brings in some some pretty good heat, but he's a he's a great guy. Contrary yes. to the to the belief on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we've had him on, and he's a great dude. Uh, I I just feel like he he may or may not. Uh, I don't think he chooses violence, but I definitely think he just calls it like he sees it, and people don't like that. <laughs> That's true. They don't. Um, I, 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 again, it, for me, like you said, prospects are a crapshoot, right? Like Miguel Vargas. Love Miguel Vargas as a person. Obviously, he's killing it as a player, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to transcend to the big leagues level, right? Granted, he's he's he could be it could be right, but at the same time, right. if you're asking me, hey, what do you want for Juan Soto? And the first guy you say is Miguel Vargas. Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening because it doesn't affect your major league roster. And I think that's the thing that like kind of gets lost in the fray is it doesn't mess your current plans up, and that's how Friedman operates. So, uh, so I just wanted to point that out because, like you said, every organization values pitching, prospects, whatever, completely different. And if there's a farm that can absolutely afford getting rid of top five guys, top 10 guys, top 20 guys even – it's the Dodgers, and Juan Soto doesn't come around every day either. Like there's, you know, hey, does it, does it concern either one of you that they're playing these guys in multiple positions down in the minor leagues because they're trying to find a way to bring them up? Yeah, I mean, it's well, yeah. Miguel Vargas is kind of interesting. I mean, you just want the bat in there, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you don't really care where he plays defensively. You just need his bat in there somewhere. Uh, and, you know, if you look at first base, like he's not playing first base for the Dodgers anymore because Freddie Freeman is going to be here for the next six years. You look at third base and like Justin Turner's starting to hit again. Uh, so he, he might not be able to play third. And you, you have you still have Muncie, you have Taylor, you have all these guys. Uh, so it's, it's like, all right, let's let let's left field. And then they go and get Trace Thompson and now Trace Thompson's hitting again. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they're just trying to figure out a way how they can get him up to the big league roster. And kind of like one more thing with the Soto stuff. It's just like it depends. The hard part for teams will be giving up a major league, a major leaguer, um, which I think that's why a lot of people think the Padres might be the favorites um, because they're a little bit more willing to give up Gore. And Abrams, for example, I mean, I don't know if that's like the package, but that's from everything I read. Uh, because Mackenzie Gore is like their sixth starter right now, right? Like, I mean, he's kind of their future, but if they're trying to win now, they're trying to make a splash, they can kind of afford to get rid of him and still have a really good rotation. CJ Abrams is a shortstop. Yeah, guess who they have a shortstop for the next 13 years, right? Like, um, so they're a little bit more willing to deal with those guys. I don't know how much I don't know how willing the Dodgers are to be able to be like, okay, we'll give you Dustin May or we'll give you Gavin Lux. because uh, those guys like Gavin Lux could realistically, I mean, we'll see how this all plays out, but he could be the starting shortstop next season. Oh, uh, please don't say that. Please don't yeah. say that. I, I mean, I love his bat, man, but I mean you you see the games every day, Juan. Right. You you know what an adventure I, I it is make, sometimes. I, I don't make the decision, man. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying it's possible. I mean, if, if Trey Turner walks, which, like, again, it's a very real possibility, yeah. um, and you don't want to go spend X amount of money on a, on, a, on a shortstop, you might just have to say, okay, let's see what we have, you know, with a 25-year-old Gavin Lux. Uh, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, uh, but if the Dodgers are thinking that that might be a possibility, I don't know how they would be like, okay, let me include our next year shortstop into – a potential deal for a left fielder that we don't necessarily need. Right. Uh, so that becomes kind of the, the, the and I guess that there's so many moving parts to like negotiating a deal for Soto. Cause the asking price is so high. Now, if the, if the Nats are like, you know, give us seven of your prospects and you can keep your major league team intact, 
I mean, at that point, you just got to think, all right, what can, like, is this worth it? Yeah. Um, if I was GM, yes, but I'm not GM. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, Freeman still has a little bit of Tampa Bay in him. Uh, and, and, you know, prospects matter, man. I mean, organizational debt, uh, I think that's what we saw with San Diego last year. I mean, guys started getting hurt, and they had, an, they had a great 26-man roster, and then the 27 to 40 were not so great. And then the team just collapsed after that. So uh, they also don't have the same pockets that the Dodgers have. And they can kind of mask some weaknesses in other ways. But um, it just, it's, 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 got, it's going to be pretty interesting how things work out. Uh, if I was GM, I'm trading for Juan Soto, you know, if, if I can. Just because dude, he just doesn't become available often. I mean, you're, you're talking about Mookie Betts. Like, that's like if I would have told you in 2020, like, no, don't trade Verdugo and Downs for yeah. Mookie I mean, I, I, I would have been insane for you for, for me to say that. I mean, he got your World Series. Like, he's one of the best players in baseball. I don't think any Dodger fan is thinking, oh, I wonder how Alex Verdugo is doing. Like, nobody cares because Mookie, you, you have Mookie Betts. So if you get Juan Soto, even if Diego Cartaya becomes this guy – no one's going to be thinking, oh, I wonder what Diego Cartaya is up to this year. <laughs> that if, you take, if you take Corbin, will that lower the price on maybe trading a major leaguer or a uh, prospect? Yeah, that definitely lowers the price. Now, you want three years of what we saw yesterday? No, I, you just cut him, right? And you give him the Bobby right. Bonilla so contract. Cut him. I mean, I, yeah, I guess the Dodgers can kind of afford anything. Uh, <laughs> But that, I mean, that that puts a bigger, that puts more pressure on your future, in my opinion. If you're mm-hmm. the Dodgers, because uh, it's it's financial, it's financial now. Like you can't go out and spend, uh, as opposed to if you, you know, if you give away a couple prospects. And then, you know, I, I think people forget. Like in three years, you're gonna have three first round picks. You're gonna have a whole draft. You're gonna have three international signing periods. I mean, you can get new guys. <laughs> it's not like baseball players are just going to stop existing, right? Like, <laughs> if there's one organization that can kind of that has proven that they can develop from within, from within, it's probably the Dodgers. So, um, if if fans are upset if they trade seven prospects, which I don't know if that would happen or not, uh, just remember, baseball players will continue to get signed. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, and one thing too to take into account, and a, and a guy that I think the Dodgers will be in on, Joe Musgrove may hit the free agent market as soon as at the end of this season, right? So there's plenty of starting pitching that's going to probably be available at the end of the season, just not right now. Because I, I too think that Luis Castillo is going to be a Yankee. I said that on our, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on our live episode the other day that uh, that Luis Castillo is going to be a Yankee as of the trade deadline. So I'm not, I'm not even, and, and even of that, I don't think the Dodgers want him because to your point that you said earlier, Juan, uh, the, I don't think it's still, I don't want to say it's suspect because he's a major league pitcher, but you don't know what you're going to get out of him for what you need him for, which is the postseason, right? right. So, so what I wanted to ask you is this, and then, and then we'll set you loose. Relief pitching is what I think the Dodgers need. If there is a weakness, it's probably relief pitching. The bummer is this market is trash. There is not a very good, it's not a good relief market if, if you're out there shopping for that. You know, the name that everyone keeps throwing out there is Daniel Bard, 37-year-old Daniel Bard from the Rockies. It's kind of like the head class as far as, you know, guys you can trade for. I, I, I was just kind of curious, have you heard anything on that front? Or if there's anyone that even sounds appealing that the Dodgers may make a move for come to the deadline? Yeah, to the Daniel Bar point, I mean, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, the Rockies trade with the Dodgers. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I could no. be wrong. I no mean, chance. 
there's new management there, I guess, but the owner. I mean, it's like there it fun. is. It's confirmed. Daniel Bard to the Cardinals for a bag of donuts <laughs> and yeah, fifty so, million dollars. Yeah. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Uh, you know, David Bednar is out there. I mean, there's a couple guys out there, but like, yeah, to your point, there's no, there's no guy. I mean, I think the Dodgers' best chance is if they get some of their guys back. Uh, and you know, you add Blake trying, you know, Bruce Gratteros is a pretty good pitcher. Uh, the issue becomes like you need high leverage guys in the postseason. I mean, the 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 six fifth six reliever in the postseason don't don't really matter, right? Like they're they're kind of irrelevant to to some degree. So you need your top guys, and in their minds, you know, if you get Blake Trinan back, if you get Bruce Gratterall back, if Justin May can give you two or three innings, kind of in that Julio uh, twenty twenty role, or I guess twenty twenty one role too. <laughs> um, but if you can. If, if you can Sandwich. add him, <laughs> right? If you can add him in there, uh, Tommy. I don't know if I mentioned Tommy Canley already, but Bruce Gratterall. I mean, they have four or five guys down in you know in Arizona now. I guess like D- Danny Duffy. Like, is he gonna make an impact at some point this year? Uh, Danny Duffy's not real, right? He, he, <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I've, he's like Kendrick Nunn, right? Is is that who Danny Duffy is? I've seen him a couple of times, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I haven't seen him throw a baseball since he got acquired last <laughs> July. So. Uh, so we'll see, but yeah, I mean, they, they have guys coming up, and you know, guys who are you know, Hansel Robles. I guess he gonna be. If, can they fix him? Uh, I mean, I think we forget Evan Phillips. They got Evan Phillips in August last year after he got DFA'd by the Rays, and now he's probably their best reliever this year. So yeah. uh, there, there could be one of those weird waiver claims that like the Dodgers see something and they try and fix it, fix the guy, and it works. Uh, so that could be an option too. Uh, so, and there's one thing Andrew Freeman doesn't do historically, and that's trade significant prospects for a reliever. Uh, and I have to kind of agree with him. I don't, I just don't think it's worth getting a reliever for two months and trading, you know, Mego Vargas, right? Cause that's what's going to, that's teams know that you need a reliever. And so the price goes significantly up. Uh, so I don't know if that's necessarily worth it. Like I'll trade Miguel Vargas for some other people, but not for a reliever. Uh, so I think their best bet is just to wait out and see if, if their guys come back. It's a risk, uh, but they they have to feel pretty confident that it's gonna it's gonna happen. If not, they'll be on the phones trying to trade for one of these guys. Juan Toribio, Dodgers beat reporter for MLB.com. Uh, if you ever see him in public, sock check him because he uh, <laughs> he wears no no show socks on the reg. And uh, and I know he knows what a sock check is after living only in when I have a blister. Only when I have a blister. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how only it's when you only have a blister. <laughs> yeah, no. Dude, socks, socks aren't meant to be shown. I mean, <laughs> if, they, if they were meant to be shown, they would be much nicer. The uh, the greater Los Angeles area would like to have a word with Juan Toribio. I mean, you're talking about the homie Dylan Hernandez getting It's a Florida right? thing, for sure. It's a Florida <laughs> thing. Juan Toribio is about to get sock checked everywhere he goes. He's going to walk into a, a, a smart and easy sock check. <laughs> hey, hey, you look good after Gavin Lux ducked on, dunked on you, though. I, you recovered nicely. Dude, I, he knows he can guard me. He <laughs> That's that's uh, Juan Toribio. If you're not following him like I am, go follow him. Super easy to find him at Juan Toribio, uh, friend of the Cardinalsada. We always appreciate your time, man, and uh, and let's do this again soon. For sure, man. Enjoy the next couple of days. It's gonna be wild, and you're gonna be busy. So all yeah. those are all good things. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And stopping by the Cardinalsada for a few moments uh, to uh, to talk that trade chatter because uh, it's the season. 
for trades. Uh, for uh, he covers the Dodgers for the Athletic, and uh, and if now for another Carnesada, Fabian Ardaya. Fabian, cómo estás? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. We're uh, we're all we're all obviously seeing the uh, the trade saga unfold. Uh, that's that's happening right now with with all the rumors. So just wanted to touch base with you on a couple of them. There, mm -hmm. you know, like we talked about with uh, with uh, another insider a few minutes ago. Uh, there's some rando named Juan Soto that I guess is like <laughs> on the market or something. Uh, wanted wanted to see what you're hearing on that since your ears to the ground and uh, and if there's any truth that the Padres are uh, are in deep on that. I mean, I, it's not surprising at all that the Padres are heavily involved in that. I mean, obviously, he's the type of guy that fits exactly what they're trying to do, and A.J. Preller might be the general manager who's aggressive enough to pull this off. Uh, Dodgers are still obviously in the mix. Uh, they're going to be listening. They're always going to be sort of involved when it comes to that type of player just because those types of players aren't available for trade very often, let alone someone as good and as young as Juan Soto. Uh, I'm not sure how uh, how aggressive they're going to be to push uh, to be the guys to land them during this deadline period. Obviously, if the right thing comes up, they'll do it, but uh, they traded a lot in the last few years. I think they've sort of acknowledged that. And also they acknowledge that their system, while pretty deep, uh, they still like to keep it deep because they understand that they have some payroll commitments that are going to be sort of changing the next couple of years. They only have four co guaranteed contracts on the books for uh, beyond 2023, but they still have guys that they might try to extend, whether it be trying to retain Trey Turner in the winter or trying to sort of figure out what you're doing with some of your starters, like Julio Diaz, Walker Bueller, guys like that, that you still have to try to plan for the future with those guys as well. Easy enough. And and with that, too, uh, I, there's another guy. I don't think the Dodgers would trade for him, but apparently they're listening on Shohei Otani. Uh, what have you heard on that front? Uh, the Dodgers would definitely be interested. I, I would not be surprised at all if they're going to be one of the teams, if they are have been one of the teams that have called. I think that they're pretty sure that they ha I'm pretty sure that they have called Ian on Shohei Otani. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be optimistic in landing him either, just considering, obviously, some of the same things that are the hang-ups for Soto. It's going to be a similar, probably, price, just because he does both pitches and hits. Uh, he's a year and a half from free agency. The Dodgers might be just aggressive and try to pursue him then, because I know they tried to make a push for him, both when he first came over to the United States, but also before that, they almost landed him as a pitcher, out of high school. Uh, so they obviously have a lot of interest in him, but I think there's enough reason for the Dodgers to have skepticism that Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, would approve a trade to the Dodgers, just consider we've seen in the past him veto that kind of trade. I think there's only been one swap of major league players between these two teams since Moreno bought the team, and that was Howie Kendrick for Andrew Heaney back in 2014. Well, and that's actually, before I send it over to Alicia, uh, the, the question I had is, how do you how do you gauge the value of a Shohei Otani? Because, you know, obviously, even on the free agent market, I, I was reading some stuff too. That's a dude that's going to command a lot of money because, like you said, he does both. He's a two-way player. So out of the two, obviously, Juan Soto going to be a haul no matter what. Shohei Otani, obviously going to be a haul. But how do you kind of gauge the value as far as that goes as a fair trade, I guess I should put it? I think part of it's also you have to sort of leverage in like how much, how likely you are to extend the guy once you do trade for the guy. Because I, I don't know if Juan Soto is going to be someone that there's going to be a window to try to send an extension with him. I don't know if Shohei Otani is going to grant that either for the record, but uh, just sort of gauging your, what you're going to value them long term, if you're going to be able to extend them, that's probably going to be part of the value as well. But yeah, I mean, valuing Shohei Otani, I have no idea. Like I, I covered the Angels before covering the Dodgers and even then, I was going into like what even an arbitration hearing would look like for him. Uh, that 
Angels sort of avoided that by signing him to a two-year extent, uh, sort of buyout of some of his arbitration years a couple years back. But obviously this winter, he's going to be going into arbitration for the first time. I have no idea how they're going to sort of value that because that's based on precedent, and there is no precedent for this guy. Uh, so he's probably going to be commanding a pretty big salary in free agency or an extension. I don't know how they're going to sort of calculate that, but obviously the value is immense. He's led all of baseball and wins above replacement last year because he does both. He might do that again, probably will do that again this year. Uh, so there's just so much value in a guy like that, even if you're factoring in health, the fact that he's five years older than Juan Soto, like he's probably going to command something similar just because of all the different things he can provide. Yeah, easy enough. Felicia, go ahead. Because Otani is a rock star, right? <laughs> um, well, in my opinion. So I want to kind of follow up on the Otani question. I was uh, hearing yesterday that, yes, the Dodgers would be interested, and you confirmed that today. But something I hadn't thought about, is Otani going to be able to sustain the pitching. So if you're going to pay that amount, you know, trade the farm or whatever to get an Otani, if he stops pitching, say in five years, then you have a DH, right? I mean, I hadn't thought about that. Does anybody talk about that, that he could just stop pitching because he is the only one that's doing both? I think it matters a lot to him to keep doing both, uh, especially now that he kind of has proof of concept uh, last year, obviously being able to do it for a full season this season. His pitching has gotten even better. Uh, he's probably having a better season on the mound this season than he did last year, although the, the bat is maybe taking a slight step back. Uh, so I think he's going to stay on the mound. I think the fact that like pitching for a team or playing for a team that maybe can have the resources to keep giving him the extra day between the starts, he's smart with how they utilize him. Dodgers already kind of do that with giving guys an extra day here and there uh, pretty often. Uh, so I feel like he, I mean that's going to be part of the factor. And I think the fact that he pitches obviously is very – very much tied to his value, and I don't see him like moving to an outfield position at any point because it's been so long since he's ever like since he's played that position. So I, I think he's gonna keep playing both. Fabian, I like that answer. Again, I'm an Otani fan. There are a lot of Dodger fans that hate the Angels, but I'm not one of them. Um, this morning on MLB.com, they had a list of players likely to be traded, and Luis Castillo is on that list. And the guys and I, we have kind of lean towards that's not going to happen. But what do you think, in your opinion? Is it still possible? Because uh, I put it out there that I'd rather have more pitching than Soto. Well, I think Luis Casillo is obviously still someone that they would probably have interest in. They still have like, a lot of interest in a lot of different starters just because, I mean, that, that that's probably the easiest way to like, upgrade your team. Obviously, you can never have enough arms. Uh, I'm not sure how aggressive they're going to be compared to some of the other teams that really need starting rotation help, like the Yankees, for example. Um, but, I mean, the sort of valuing Castillo versus Soto, you're going to want Juan Soto every single time just because he is a guy not just for this postseason run but next three, and he's a Hall of Fame type bat who's going to be on everyday part of your lineup as opposed to guy every fifth day. But Dodgers obviously have had a good track record developing their own pitching. Uh, a lot of homegrown pitching, a lot of even guys coming in, sort of fifth, sixth starters still producing, and they have the best rotation ERA in baseball right now. Yeah, MLB had the teams that would go for Luis Castillo. They had the Dodgers at the first place team, and then the Blue Jays, and then the Yankees. So I'm still holding out for pitching. Um, also, this is kind of fun talking about trade, right? Like the trade deadline is looming, trade rumors, uh, predictions. 
But is baseball doing enough? I mean, I feel like it's for the diehard baseball fans, not the casual fans, not the way the NFL does their trading. You know what I mean? So is MLB doing enough to be relevant, stay relevant? Um, I mean, we're excited, but do you get what I'm saying? Is is, is there more they could, they could do? I mean, I think having possibility of having Juan Soto and Shohei Otani on the market certainly helps uh, sort of stir the conversation in that direction. I think you'll see a little bit more of that uh, sort of in the day or so leading up to the deadline as opposed to like three or four days in advance just because there's more activity than I think a lot of, the, a lot of this trade market has been slower to develop just because of when they move the draft. The draft is sort of lined up where you sort of have that right before the All-Star break. Then you have the All-Star break. You're trying to sign all these draft picks while you're trying to navigate trades. Uh, they got a little bit of a later start uh, this year and last year as opposed to in previous years in terms of getting those conversations going, which is, I think, part of the reason why there hasn't been too many moves just yet. Just yet. I'm excited. Are you excited, Juan? <laughs> Very much so. I love my numbing trade talk. Like, everything gets reported, and it's like there's no truth to it, but we're going to throw it on Twitter. Fabian, look, the, the Dodgers are World Series or bust, right? And I think the Dodgers are in a really tough position right now because they have so many guys that technically could be coming back from injury and could be helping this team. And you're going to have to make some roster decisions if these guys come back. But the other issue that you're going to look at is how reliable are these guys that are going to be coming back? Like, I don't think you can expect anything from Bueller. Like, I know they're saying September for Bueller, but I, I'm not confident of it. Heaney, can you keep that guy healthy? I, I, so I don't know if they're going to make a move. So if they don't make a move, they're making the playoffs. But the fact that they don't make a move, is that going to show up in the playoffs? Is that when people are going to go, because the Dodgers didn't make a move at the trade deadline, this is where it's hurting them because you're going to be facing the Mets, you're going to be facing the Braves? Uh, I, I think it depends on, obviously, how it all plays out. I think it depends on what sort of winds up being the links that sort of break for the Dodgers in the postseason if they don't win. Uh, I think that's sort of always the case. Last year, it was really easy to point to, okay, they didn't have nearly enough bench that they do at this point. It appears so, at least, where you sort of have Trace Thompson, Jake Lamb. That's going to get stronger as Chris Taylor comes back, as Edwin Rios comes back. That looks like it's a position that's sort of shored up as opposed to last year. Uh, bullpen, you're sort of looking at, okay, the, the bullpen right now, there have a lot of guys in there that probably would not be part of an October bullpen. And like you mentioned, there's guys that are going to be coming back. You're looking at Blake Trine and possibly coming back. Tom McKinley possibly coming back. Same thing with Danny Duffy and Victor Gonzalez possibly coming back. Bruce Argradwell will, will probably be back at that point. But obviously with a shoulder issue, you probably have to be cautious with how you bring him back. Uh, and then you're looking at, like you mentioned, Walker Buehler, Dustin May. Those are both guys that they're probably going to pencil in to their October rotation. But they obviously that's not a guarantee that either of those guys is going to be ready to go. Dustin May will probably be back a lot sooner than Bueller just because he's already a couple rehab starts away probably from being activated. He looks like the stuff has bounced back really well. But Walker Bueller obviously just started playing catch. He's not a guarantee to be a starter in October, although he has said he's open to if he needs to be being a reliever in October. And that all of a sudden looks a little bit different. Uh, Andrew Heaney, like you mentioned, obviously they're going to have to manage that a lot. Uh, he's probably going to be on a pitch count for most of the rest of the season. Wonder if he's a guy that maybe they push into the bullpen come October as well. Maybe they're flexible. Dustin May, how they use him, starter reliever hybrid type role. 
Uh, I think they're just counting on enough of these arms being back healthy. Even if it's okay, if it's a group of say six or seven guys, if two or three of those guys could be close to what they want, they, I think they feel confident in that. I think I do think that they'll probably add a reliever or so at, at the at the deadline just because they feel like they can maybe tweak one or two things, find something like they did with Evan Phillips last year in August off waivers. So they probably feel like they can get another guy like that that way. Uh, but other than that, like that's gonna be like you mentioned, a lot of relying on guys to come back healthy. And you're right, like there's a lot of uncertainty there. But uh, they also some of those guys that they do hit, and that's I mean, that's a lot of guys that you probably have a lot of faith in if they do show that they're healthy. Okay, now I'm gonna ask you to uh, be uh, not so objective and put on your GM hat. Would you go for Soto over Otani? Which one of those two guys would you go through? Only keeping this in mind. I You mentioned before that the Dodgers really love having depth. But a lot of these guys down there are blocked right now. You've made a lot of... I mean, they got Miguel Vargas. They got Michael Bush over there playing outfield because they desperately want to get their bat in the lineup. Defensively, I, I don't know if that's going to work. So because these guys are blocked... Would you go for Soto uh, because you will have him for three postseasons? Or would you go with Otani because that's an elite starter that you can depend on in the playoff run? I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Obviously, like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys who are probably blocked in that system. There's a lot of guys who have to be added to the 40-man roster this winter, and there's obviously going to be a pile up there in terms of like spots. Uh, So that's going to be something, whether it's at the deadline or, Shortly after the season, they're more active in trade negotiations um, then. But, I mean, they also need to make sure they can have enough star, young star-level like star talents in their system that, so that are, once they debut, they're going to be cheap, but still producing at a star level because that's going to help balance out their payroll. That's the tricky part in trading for a Soto or an Otani because you're probably going to have to give up a similar haul for both. Uh, so that's, I think that's more of the calculus, but if you had to sort of choose between Shohei and Juan Soto, I mean, it's a different, like, I think, I think they're fine either way. I think, I think think they're good with either scenario, but I I mean, Juan Soto is looking at a guy like he's 23 years old. That's, that's the part that comes back to He's 23 years old. And even if the glove isn't quite there, even if the bat sort of stays where it's been at, like that is a hall of fame bat that you just have in the middle of your order. Um, and you have that lineup penciled in for at least the next six years, possibly. If you extend Juan Soto, you have the next six years at least, or next five years of him, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. And that's a pretty good thing for the Dodgers to sort of build around going forward. Uh, obviously, Shohei Otani, you're looking at a guy who is pretty special in his own right. The fact that he can do both, you can sort of have a similar dynamic in your lineup while also adding someone to your rotation. But you're also looking at a guy who is a year and a half away from free agency, is five years older already has some serious health issues in his past with Tommy John surgery, knee surgery, ankle surgery back when he was in Japan. Those are all different things you probably have to factor in for Otani trade that you don't really have to with Soto yet. All right. So before I hand it over to Alonso, I just want to know, uh, have have you dunked on your colleague Juan Toribio? Because he, he talks up his basketball game. Is he as good as he says he is? I don't know. I, I haven't been on the court with him yet, but uh, <laughs> I, we know he likes to talk about it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Alonzo. 
I like uh, I like the shade right there from Fabian. Uh, <laughs> Fabian Arvaya of the Athletic joining us here for for a few more mm-hmm. moments. Uh, if you were to you know keeping your GM cap on um, with uh, with the starting pitching situation, because I agree, I think that the Dodgers are, are going to do the relief market thing, and I'll even go one further. I, since this relief market's kind of suspect in, in the sense of what's available, uh, I think it's going to be waiver wire deals. But uh, but if if you were to uh, to kind of say, hey, this is where I know this pitcher is going to land, would you agree or would you disagree that Luis Castillo more than likely will not be a Dodger? Because I think he's going to be a Yankee. I I think you'd say that about anyone. Just sort of, it's safer bet to put them elsewhere just because the odds are so slim, no matter what, in any trade. But so yes, I think it'd be fair to say like he that the likelier scenario is that he will not be a Dodger. But I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they swoop in, but. Yeah, I think the likelier scenario is that Luis Castillo is pitching elsewhere. Well, the reason I say that too is because, as Juan alluded to when he started, uh, when he when he when he began his line of questioning, we should say, uh, it's mind-numbing trade talk, right? So you're just gonna throw stuff out there and kind of see what sticks. And I mean, here's the thing about Andrew Friedman: the the guy works in in he does back alley deals that no one knows about. So it, it's it, I wouldn't be surprised if they got either Soto or Otani um, I, I, at all. But at the same time, to your point, the likelihood that the Angels do a deal with the Dodgers, too, isn't very likely. So it, it's one of those things where at this point, I, anything is possible. But if we were to kind of look at the Dodgers as a whole, the, the thing that they need is pitching, right? So so is it fair to say that more than likely that that will be the, the kind of the attention of the Dodgers, assuming that a deal for a Juan Soto does not follow through? I would say so. I think. I think there's still a chance that maybe they add another bench bat somewhere, or maybe another right-handed bat, although Trace Thompson has performed pretty well in that role. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be mostly focused on the pitching just because, I mean, they understand as well as anyone that pitching is fragile and you can sort of never have enough arms to get you through, and especially in October. Yeah, and I mainly wanted you to make that point so our listeners can understand, yeah, it's cool again, Juan Soto, but this team's already meant to get to the playoffs – you just need some uh, some small pieces to kind of tinker with to uh to, to potentially get to the show. So and the show is the World Series. You know, it's World Series or bust. The Dodgers have made that clear. So uh, I just wanted all of us to be on the same page, and also that we all want to see Juan Toribio allegedly ball and allegedly dunk on someone because I don't believe him for a second. Uh, is there a six and un- uh, six foot under league in in LA? Because I'm sure that Toribio would. Uh... But killing that league. Fabian, before we let you go, I, I need to ask you this because you mentioned it already. It's going to be a numbers crunch with the roster. You got Rios. You you got Taylor going to be coming back. I know Zach McKinstry is probably going to be sent down, but there's still going to be an odd number there, right? So it's going to be Jake Lamb or Trace Thompson, right, that may, may be getting cut. Or am, is my math wrong here? I mean, I think that's a possibility. I think you're sort of looking ahead. Uh, and that's probably going to be something that's going to be a tough decision. I think they their way of sort of spinning is probably going to be these things have a way of working themselves out. Guys get banged up. Guys get nicked up. Um, and I think they're already kind of slow playing a little bit when Edwin Rios will return. They're probably gonna, it's probably going to be a longer rehab assignment, partially because, obviously, he hasn't had a lot of regular at-bats the last couple years uh, between the pandemic year, between, obviously, shoulder surgery last season and then, obviously, losing couple of months now with the hamstring issue so they want to give him every day at bats but also i think they they want to wait to see how things sort of shake out and how the roster sort of 
unfolds. Like guys can get hurt, guys can sort of move around. Trace Thompson was only acquired because Mookie Betts got hurt, and then all of a sudden it works out that Chris Taylor got hurt too, so he still got regular playing time then. So, so how much longer between before Max Muncy's performance becomes a, a major concern? And we're not going to see him on the li- in the lineup, and we'll see him on the bench. I think it's a growing concern for sure. I think we're at the point where like, it's almost August, and the guy is still sort of in this sort of same rut. They talked about having a reset, obviously with his elbow, uh, with him sort of having the rehab assignment, OKC, getting a chance to mentally reset. Uh, there was obviously it was the great day in Chicago when he first came back. He had a great game, and then it's sort of been more of the same ever since. And you're starting to see some real signs of him like pressing mentally on the field, uh, sort of like sort of throwing his bat, sort of stuff like that. Uh, I think that's stuff that obviously the Dodgers are mindful of. They, But they were also in a similar position last season uh, with Cody Bellinger. So I think they've shown a lot of patience with guys like that. Uh, Bellinger obviously played a more premium position, was still playing great defense. Max Muncy's defense still grades out well, but obviously second and third base doesn't bring as much value as center field does. Um, I think come as the game starts to matter a little bit more, uh, come October, they're going to be a lot more diligent about like how they match up there. But until then, I think they're in a position where like they have enough leash to be able to let him play through this and hope that he figures it out because there's going to be a few guys out there on the bench, out there via trade, who, if Max Muncy locks back into what he used to be, have that kind of upside in October that Muncy does. Alicia, you got anything? No, I'm liking what I'm hearing. <laughs> Uh, again, this is just fun to talk about. Thank you for hanging out with us, Fabian. Um, just because you you're, you have your your eyes and ears and on all teams and all things baseball, are the Dodgers really now considered the evil empire? Because I reserve that for the Yankees, and I just resent that very much. We're sunshine. This is California. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that people recognize, obviously, the spending by the Dodgers and right. sort of look at the Dodgers as sort of a model franchise in a way that the way that other teams sort of view them. I think you sort of look at it with the amount of teams that have hired people who have worked under Andrew Friedman. You look at it with Steve Cohen when he bought the Mets sort of wanting to be the West Coast Dodgers, sort of using them by name. Uh, so I think you're sort of seeing that. I think teams are looking to emulate the type of consistent regular season success the Dodgers have. Uh, we'll see about the Yankees sort of keeping that evil empire if they sort of re-sign Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge or trade for Juan Soto. Like Then maybe... Obviously, that will come back a little bit more. But obviously, the Yankees are doing pretty pretty darn well this year as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah, well, I'm good. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's see what happens. Uh, Fabian Ardaya, if you're not following him, go follow him. It's super easy to find him at Fabian Ardaya. He covers the Dodgers for uh, The Athletic, also an Arizona State homer. So when you watch his uh, play-by-play, uh, you will see that he is an Arizona State homer because he will point out that their guy went to Arizona State. Uh, <laughs> fight on. But on that note, we will uh, we will set you loose, Fabian. Thank you so much for the time, and, uh, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. Of course. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks. How convinced are you now that they should go out and get Juan Soto? You know, Toribio, I'm not going to lie. Toribio really convinced me. Uh, only just because... <laughs> Look, the way the Dodgers develop players, I get it. Yeah, you know what? We had this with Eric Karros. You remember when Eric Karros told us that the reason why the Dodgers didn't get Randy Johnson were because they were burned by Pedro? 
yeah. that that Pedro trade made them gun shy. So after that, like the Dodgers did not want to trade away any of their their prospects because they just didn't want to get burned again. Yeah. I don't think you have the problem with, with that problem with Andrew Friedman. I mean, up until this point, I think he's traded away the right prospects. There hasn't been one prospect that we're like, ooh, we got burned on that one. I mean, I like Alex Verdugo. I think Alex Verdugo is a great player. He's not Mookie Betts. Of those other guys that they traded, when they traded for you, Darvish, all those big deals, we saw uh, Josiah Gray and we saw Kiebert. I, I, I'm okay with having Trey Turner instead of having Kiebert and, and Josiah. So the fact that Toribio is just like, look, there's going to be other guys. The Dodgers right. will draft other guys, and the Dodgers will develop those guys. And, I mean, we didn't talk about We didn't mention it with Toribio, but that guy Gavin Stone right now, in the I had never heard of Gavin Stone. And all of a sudden, people are saying he's going to be better than Bobby Miller. So when Toribio says just trade them, and that's the thing, dude. You're going to have, at worst, you'll have Soto. I think the important thing is they have to win the World Series. Right. They have to go and win now because you just don't know. I mean, right now they're playing really well. The window could end next season. So go for now. Use the Rams mentality, right, Alicia? I mean, the Rams don't care about draft picks. The Rams trade them. They're giving them away like they're candy, and they go all in, and guess what? They won the Super Bowl. I, I I, think the Dodgers should do the same thing. I think the problem is, and I can't stress this enough, you need two people to tango. And if the Nationals don't want to agree to whatever the Dodgers are offering, I don't think you can blame the Dodgers. Because I've said this before, I feel it's a different price for the Dodgers whenever they're negotiating for a trade. So we still need the Nationals to say yes. I would go ahead and, and go for Soto, even though I, I would love to have a guy like Otani because pitching-wise, we're going to need that in the postseason. Right. But Artie Moreno is never going to okay yeah. Otani coming over to the Dodgers. I mean, he changed the name of his team to Los Angeles. You <laughs> think he's going to allow Otani to then go to the real Los Angeles team? Not the sure. real team from Los Angeles? I mean, sure. I mean, what do you think, Alicia? Um, I am all in. I needed to be convinced. And even listening to you guys talk about it, I guess it, it comes from a place of like, is it too much? And some of the comments we received on our live on Thursday were like, it's not fair if you're just stacking the team. I mean, we want to win a World Series. Mm -hmm. You said it over and over, Juan. It is World Series or bust. If Juan Soto is that piece that could get us over the hump, and like you said, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't want to lose that window. So I'm all in. Let's do this. And I love that you brought up the Rams because that is proof right there that that formula works. I love that winning mentality. I love that you mentioned Freeman has these, you know, backroom deals going all the time. I, I have faith in my Dodgers. I have faith in management. I have faith that they're going to do what's right to get us that to get us another chip. So I'm let, let me ask you this, Alicia. You, you said that it works. It works because they won the world, uh, the, the Super Bowl. Right. If the Rams suck in five years, you'll be okay with it because they won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, and five years is not guaranteed. So I love the mentality of now. Let's do yeah. it now. Let's go all in now. 
I mean, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So yeah. this is still exciting. Like, and Soto, and you can see the fans during the All Star weekend. They're all in too. They yeah. love Soto. So it took me a minute, but I'm fine with it. And let's do this. Let's win now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Alonzo? Uh, I wanted to ask you guys real quick who, who did they trade for you, uh, Darvish? Uh, the. Oh, what was his name? He was a, he was a good hitter, and they had talked about him, but he never had. Uh, God, what was his name? Can any of you name? He got he got traded he got traded to someone else already. I think. Yeah, you're making my point for me, Juan. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the prospects, yeah, they're they're highly touted prospects, right? Willie Calhoun. There uh, we go, Willie Calhoun. You are a cheater. You are a cheater. There's no other way about it. That so, was the name I was looking for, Babyface. It was Willie Calhoun, who everyone thought he would. But nobody thought, I, to be fair, I never heard people talk about Willie Calhoun the way people talk about Cartaya. No, no, the no. The no, way no, no. people talk about Miguel Vargas or. But the point I'm making is this. Yeah. The, one of the prospects that were is in, it was in that trade uh, was the 69th overall prospect in all of baseball. All of baseball. That's, you know, that's a lot of prospects, right? Yeah. Ain't none of them in the show, son. So at the end of the day, if you go out and, and you, 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 if you want to be aggressive, you can be aggressive because you, Darvish, was a rental. Yeah. Max Scherzer was a rental. Uh, your boy, Manny Machado, rental. Yes. And they gave up quite a bit for those three guys. And I mean, obviously, the, the one payoff out of those three guys was Trey Turner. Because you've had Trey Turner, you will have him now for two postseasons. And the Dodgers still have the number one farm system after yes. giving up all those guys. <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, Juan Toribio makes a great point. Your point of the Dodgers getting taxed is bullshit, Juan. And let me tell you why. Because okay. everyone values prospects differently. Because the Orioles may want a Diego Cartaya, and they may value him higher. But at the same time, they won't because their number one catching prospect is already in the show. So... Everyone is going to value that stuff differently. So that's the one thing that Dodger fans need to just understand. The valuation that one GM may have or another team may have is completely different. Like, for instance, the Mets. The Mets want to be the, the East Coast Dodgers, right? Yeah. They want everyone. But the Nationals aren't going to trade one Soto to the Mets. Let's be 100% honest. That's the worst-case scenario. Will they trade him to the Yankees, though? Maybe. But it all depends on what the Yankees are willing to part with. So that's you don't why... think that Benintendi trade kills the Yankees' interest in Soto? No, because if the Yankees, if the Yankee, the Yankees have the depth to go out there and make a deal happen. It's just a matter of if they want to, because like you said, it takes two to tango. So if if the Yankees really want him, okay, give us your best offer, and we'll tell you yay or nay. Or hey, you need to throw in this, you need to throw in that, whatever the case may be. So I'm I'm. The way I look at it is if, if there's one team that's going to overpay for Juan Soto, it's going to be the Padres. Because A.J. Preller is on a hot seat. They, ha they have to figure something out to get over that hump because their hump is different than the Dodgers' hump, right? The Dodgers' hump is, hey, we just need to win the World Series again. The, the Padres' hump is we need to win a playoff series. Yeah. So, so, Juan so Soto, they can celebrate in the gas lamp that they won a yeah. series. Yeah. So, that, so again, that, that's the big difference as far as valuation goes because A.J. Preller is on a hot seat. Let's just be – let's call a spade a spade. He's on a hot seat. They spent a bunch of money, and they've underperformed and been underwhelming. Is some of it his fault? No, because injuries, Tatis Jr., all that stuff, right? But if you can get a Juan Soto, why not go get a Juan Soto? I think, they, I think they're also being heavy on Shohei because that's – that's a guy that you want. I don't think the to your point. I don't think Arden Moreno will trade Shohei to the Dodgers. No chance. Yeah. 
No, no chance. But at this point, Shohei has made it clear he doesn't want to be there. He's made it clear kind of to anyone and everyone that'll listen with and without a translator, my man does not want to be there. So if whoever is going to, whoever's going to, and that's the other thing that, that I liked about Fabian. He made a point. The valuation that Shohei is going to bring to what Juan Soto is going to be, yeah, they're both going to be halls, but they're going to be completely different valuations. So point being, long story short is, if I trust Andrew Friedman, and if Andrew Friedman thinks that Juan Soto is what the Dodgers need to get over the hump, hey, do it, Friedman. Like, go do it, whatever it's going to cost. Yeah, it's going to suck if we lose Miguel Vargas and Diego Cartaya, but there's also a logjam at all of those positions. And you go get, you know, the Dominican Babe Ruth, hey, let's go. Yeah, you know what, I uh, Roger. Before I let you uh, go, I, I just want to say this: I do feel bad for those poor Angel fans yeah. because there was a deal, a hypothetical on MLB Network. It's not going to happen, but this hypothetical was: the Dodgers get Shohei, and the Angels would get Tony Gonsolin, Bobby Miller, Diego Cartaya, and Gavin Lux. Now, Paul, that's a good deal for the Angels, but yeah. because of Artie Moreno. And his pride, and he will bite off his nose despite his face. He'll say no to that. Yeah. And I, I feel bad for Angel fan uh, because you guys are you're never going to be able to get out of that when you have people who put their ego before what's best for business. Right. Well done on the uh, best for business line there, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Go ahead. Ron. <laughs> I, I, I like how Juan says Angel fan. Oh, well, it's because he's oh, the but I'm the one. asshole. I'm the <laughs> asshole. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I look at it is, I mean, I, I don't want to lose those those prospects, you know, just because you know, like the, what Toribio said, like they're kind of like our babies. Like you know, we see them, like oh, we want to see them grow and we want to see see what they can become. But I was looking at an interesting post that MLB Network had. They had the type top five contenders for Soto. So they have the Cardinals one, Padres two, Dodgers three. Uh, Rangers 4, Mariners 5. Now, one thing I noticed there, and you will notice, is every time there's a big there's a big uh, player on the market, Dodgers are always in it, right? The other teams are always, are always different. Now, Cardinals, Padres, Rangers, those guys, they took a while to gather those prospects, right? Dodgers always have prospects. They always yeah. have top prospects. So these teams that are in it now, next year they're not going to be on the next big player. The year after that, they're not going to, because they're, they're going to have to try and get more prospects. But one thing we always see, Dodgers will always have those top prospects. So if we lose if we lose those guys that we want to keep, Cartaya, Vargas, next year we'll have other guys. Gavin Stone, we're talking about Gavin Stone. We're going to have those guys. So the Dodgers will always replenish that system. And who was it that said um, parades over prospects, right? Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. But let me just say this about if people are still reluctant about trading prospects. I know uh, Babyface will know this name, Billy Ashley. So huh. that's all I'm going to say there is if you know Billy Ashley, it's okay to trade prospects. <laughs> no, and, well, and here's the thing. Prospects are just that, right? They're prospective talent. Yes. They're not even in the show yet. You don't know what they're like. You know what they're doing at the level they're currently at, but you don't know if that's going to transcend to that. There's a name that I know at least two of you will know, and no disrespect to him because he's a friend, but Bobby Jinks. Do you remember yeah. Bobby Jenks? Yeah, the White Sox. The White the Sox. Sox. Bobby Jenks was was supposed to be the you know the the next big heat thrower, flamethrower, all that stuff. I'm sorry, Bobby. I'm not trying to to shit on you, my guy, but it it, it didn't pan out, right? But he was a big time prospect forever. No one wanted to trade him. All that stuff. 
It happens. It is what it is. Point is, Diego Cartaya might be lighting it up right now in, what is he, high A? Yep. Is it high A? Yeah, and yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to transcend to the major league level. And that's yeah. not a knock on Diego. That's just where he's at right now. He's also 20. But still, if you have the opportunity to go out and get a guy that can get you over the hump, which in this mm-hmm. case is to, to win a World Series, go do it. Because at the end of the day, too, this pitching market is suspect. We talked about it with both those guys, right? I don't think Luis Castillo is, is the, the fix for the pitching needs that they need. Uh, and truthfully, there isn't a reliever out there that's really appealing, right? Um, so there's going to be a lot of waiver wire deals. No one, Andrew Friedman, is going to go out and get some, some – we always – everyone talks about it on Twitter. They're going to go out and get some schmuck, some scrub, and then he's going to be the best thing that's ever happened. How dare you talk about Pedro Baez that way? He's already in the organization. <laughs> he will be pitching for the Dodgers. First of all, hey, you, Al- said, the you Let- said the name, not me. Let me ask you this real quick uh, before we, we, we end the show. Yeah. There is a report, and I don't know if you guys have heard about this. I don't know if this is legitimate, but that, that the Nationals are going, are thinking of doing one last offer to uh, to Soto, and if he declines it, he's being traded. If that's true, then I think this is getting dragged out until Tuesday. Oh, there, there's no. Have chance. you guys heard that? There's I, no I've chance that. that they do that. I've heard that. There's no chance that they do that because they would be dumb. But also. There's no chance that they train him up until the deadline because they, they want to get all of the offers that they can get. So this won't happen then. He won't drop until Tuesday then. No, there's no chance unless okay. unless they've gotten everyone's offer that they know that's in on the Juan Soto sweepstakes. But at the end of the day, they want to get the best offer that they can get for the guy. And, and again, I mean, you were talking about it too. I don't think they're going to add a Patrick Corbin to that deal because if anything, it kills what you're going to get back. So they want to get the best available offer from whoever it may be. And here's the thing. The Dodgers have done business with the Nationals. Yeah. So it's not like there's like this, you know, weird, like, hey, we're not talking. You know that they're talking. You know, Rizzo and Friedman talk. So it's just a matter of finding what the fit is. And who and it may not be the Dodgers, right? But that's just what that's how that stuff works. They they go out and do what's best for business, as you said. So the longer this goes, the better it is for the Dodgers, even though it may not happen. Because if he doesn't get traded. I think then you, the off season, the Dodgers would probably be in the driver's seat, wouldn't they? I feel like if if they if he does not get moved on Tuesday, then the price goes down because it goes from three postseasons to two postseasons. Yeah. So that obviously, you know, you take into value, you know, into account, just like anything else. So I I don't know if the Dodgers will necessarily be in the driver's seat at that point, but it helps everyone because the price goes down. You know, so the Padres may not have to overpay then; they'll slightly overpay instead of a hard overpay like right now. Because that's the thing is, you know, the Dodgers may have the best offer, but the Padres are going to be like, hey, we'll give you Mackenzie Gore. We'll give you, you know, all, you know, all these things to kind of up the ante to that. So it, it just it's just a matter of if the Padres, or I'm sorry, the Nationals want to do that. And you know what? The Nationals hold all the cards right now. So yeah. that's, that's the chip to fall. I, I am curious, though, as to where they end up. Because if Shohei is moved, I, I honestly, I'll be shocked if they trade Shohei. I will be shocked. Because Artie Moreno for sure doesn't want to let go of the Golden Goose. So I would be a 1,000% shocked if Shohei moves. But also Shohei's going to be pissed the rest of the time, so what do you do? Oh, man, dude. Could you imagine Shohei on this Dodger team? Oh. I I mean, not only does it just lengthen the lineup, but having him pitch. So then you're going to go into the the, play. Does he automatically become the Dodgers' ace right now? No, I don't think so. 
Well, yeah, it, it, the, the de facto ace is Kershaw, right? So and you from, would have Kershaw start game one of the playoffs? 100%. Just out of respect, yeah. Okay. Same. But also, Kershaw's pitching out of his mind. Yeah, he is. It's yeah. not... It's not a sympathy start. No, like, he, he no I mean, he, he and, and, and thank you for clarifying that, Alicia. It's not a, a, hey, it's because he's a legend. It's I mean, yeah, he's a legend, but he's pitching out of his mind right now. And and then from like there. Own, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And he's loose. That's why I said whatever, they're, whatever he's doing, keep doing it, bro, because you're, you're clearly pitching pissed, but you're not pissed. So whatever <laughs> he's doing, keep doing it. But, no, the de facto number one is, is Kershaw, and then it's kind of, I, I would say, either Tyler Anderson or Julio, or I'm sorry, Tony, and then Tyler Anderson or Julio. But if you get a Shohei, that's, how many times have I said on this podcast that you need three starters to win a World Series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I wouldn't mind having him. I just know that Artie isn't, isn't going to do it. He's not going to do it, even though it's best for his team. No, and I mean, here's the thing, too. Tyler Anderson is making a case for that number yeah. three, too, because yeah. he, he pitched out of his mind the other night in Colorado and – you know, he, he told even Dave when Dave came out. Yeah, he, he did the John Lackey, the, the gosh darn. And then got a double play, man. And then got a double play. Yeah. So it's so, I mean, the, 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 I think the, the, the main thing is obviously as, as both those guys, Fabian and, uh, and Toribio talked about, it's all a matter of getting these guys back and healthy, right? But there's a lot of question marks. But if you can up your squad by getting that, I mean, they want a right handed bat, right? Uh, by the way, I have never understood why they want a right handed bat. Neither do I. I, I never I, understood that. Because they had one in A.J. Pollock, and they traded him away. <laughs> but I understand he was injury-prone too, right? But I, I never – so I don't know if that's true or not. But if that is, in fact, true, I've, I've personally never understood that. Maybe it's just because they're so left-heavy. But be that as it may, Juan Soto's not a right-handed bat. Shohei Otani, not a right-handed bat. So, I mean, that, that's all I'm saying there is, 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 is as you said, the mind-numbing trade rumors – they they may they, they I feel like people just say whatever to stick right. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is fun to think about what a lineup of do you go Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman. You're gonna face those guys in the first inning. Yeah, that uh, that's a little scary. Well, and I mean, and if you have if you have that for six years, bro, bro, bro. Bro, that, that, I don't care how good your pitching is. Even the Padres pitching, they, they, they're not going to like that lineup. Well, before we said everyone lose, uh, does anyone think Shohei gets traded? I'm, I'm sticking with no. I'm sticking with no because I feel like that's all the Angels have going on right now. With Trout's injury, literally everything rests on the stardom. of he, He's going to put butts in the seats at Angel Stadium. Yeah. So. <laughs> One. Uh, no, I, 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 you know, honestly, I don't think, I don't think it's either of them are going to happen. Soto, I'd be very surprised if Soto and Otani, but I, I could actually see like Fabian said, just getting a reliever, but I also wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden on Tuesday, JD Martinez is a Dodger. Yeah. that yeah, I, going around. I, I would not be surprised at that because I understand your point, Alonso. It's like, why do you need him? But at this point, could they just be looking at it as insurance? Because they need a bench bat for sure. I mean, sure. is there going to be much of a market for JD Martinez? Like, could they get JD Martinez for uh, no disrespect for a Willie Calhoun or one of the other that sixty nine uh, prospect that you mentioned that's not even nice. in the league? Nice, no problem. Roger, <laughs> uh, Shohei getting traded? I don't, I don't think so. 
Angels would have to cancel all their promotions for the rest of the season. That's not going to happen. I, I, I just don't oh, see them. <laughs> yeah, he's the goal. He's the Beatles. I mean, I said it to Carol's, yeah. right? He's the Beatles. Yeah. You don't trade the Beatles. Even though the Beatles are overrated, you don't trade the Beatles. I mean, next next year, if he's still on the team, then next next trade, trade season will probably happen. Not this year. Yeah, like more stri- it'll be more strategic next season for sure. But again, but it's the, not the price goes down next year too. <laughs> yeah, it does. No, it really does. I mean, because it goes from two postseasons to one. Yeah. So that you know, you you look at it like a rental. Yeah. Uh, JD Martinez is an interesting name. I, I I've been seeing that a lot too. Um, the the reason I find it interesting, my man doesn't play a bunch of positions. That's not really what the Dodgers mantra is for the bench bats, right? And also, would JD Martinez be cool with being a bench bat? I mean, DH, DH, we got the DH now, so that's probably where we'd see him primarily. Well, you already have a DH. His name is Justin Turner. <laughs> yeah. well, they're gonna... he's, he's hurt again. Well, right. Well, but we I mean, either... JT. get better, JT. <laughs> but, but I mean, they, they already have options at the, at the DH, is what I'm getting to. Jake I mean, Lamb. But, but, but you see, it's not a constant DH, it's a no. rotating DH. So I think that's where you'd fit in. Well, I, I'm curious uh, to see what, how it all pans out. Um, and even to that, if you want to bet on any of that, if you go to uh-huh. betonline.ag. I see what you did there. Uh, and use our promo code, which is Believe50. Uh, you can bet on those features for, for these trades. Uh, they presented the show. Uh, huge thanks to them for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. And, uh, and BetOnline are some great partners. So go check out their site, betonline.ag, and uh, get in on the action. Uh, from your boys, Alonso y Juan, Babyface Kimmick in the Sky, and uh, Princess Del Valle. Thank you guys for joining us. And who knows, maybe after you listen to this, Juan Soto's a Dodger. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. It, it, you never know. Because you ne- really, you, with, with this front office, by the way, you don't even know. We have no, I didn't know Trey Turner was coming in that deal. And now Trey Turner's been a Dodger for two seasons, well, a season and a half. So, uh, so we'll see. But on that note, we'll wrap it up. See you guys down the road and go Dodgers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.